0: Hi everyone and welcome to Cooking Goals. You're listening to The Cooks and here we talk to motivated people who are actually doing something, how they got to where they are and their goals for the future. The aim of this podcast is to inspire people to create goals for themselves, to push towards and surpass them, whether it be small goals like running a four minute kilometre or big goals like owning a home. I want this space to be somewhere people can come for inspiration, to listen in on a great conversation, hopefully learn something and in the process create goals for the future. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Cooking Golds podcast. Uh, we have Athena this week, so she's an amazing lady that I met uh, about a year ago now, uh, so it's been a long time coming this episode. Um just want to make sure that I'm getting everything over today. So still, you can still win a, a prepped hydration double pack uh, from last week's episode. Uh, just listen in for the question at the start of the episode. And then again, uh, either DM me on Instagram or email me uh, at thecookscommunity at hotmail.com. And you'll be able to uh, listen out for that uh, answer. Send that to me and then you'll be able to go in the, in the running to win a prepped hydration double pack. Uh, get on to Strava so last week I spoke to Lily uh, Strava is a, like a running app, like a running Facebook app so you put up your, my watch syncs to my, I did what Lily does and now my watch syncs to my phone and then my phone puts it on the app and yeah it's great so I can see all my um, running times and all those uh, things and really like look at uh, I guess adjusting my sessions or my speed or uh, really learning about the analytics of my own running rather than just going out for a run. So I've got Lily on there now as well, and I'm slowly adding a few people. I've actually found out that a few people do use it, which is great. So I get on there, Nathan Cook, find me on the Gold Coast. There's a picture of me in a yellow shirt, and you can't go wrong. And now this episode really inspired me to just, note you know, Grab grab it by the balls, you know, like there's so many ideas that I have, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I've got a few journals and notepads everywhere, all these things I want to do but I think I really need to focus on just one at a time like Athena's trying to do right now, otherwise you just burn out and you don't get to do those things and I've had that advice from uh, my friends, my family and my partner this week as well so maybe I just need to slow down, obviously it's hard with the things that are going on in the world, you just want to keep doing to keep your mind busy but uh, we'll see what happens. And if anyone has any idea about how to automate stuff, that's what I'm all about, all about at the moment. I'm really trying to automate all the systems in my life so I can just get up and go. Uh, so if you have any tips on automation of emails or websites or uh, to make my coffee in the morning, that would be great. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Today we talked to Athena Savis, an innovative entrepreneur and business owner. How are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so <laughs> no, yeah definitely from from what I see you know it's um it's definitely something that I would you know uh portray you as in terms of only meeting you once and then seeing what you do online so um yeah, awesome.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: love it. <laughs> yeah, um so first of all, I'd like to start um the episodes off by how how we met, so uh if you want to start off by saying that I always let the listener go that um the guest go first,
1: yeah well um. I was trying to think actually before we spoke about how we actually started uh, and I don't know who said what, what but I just remember something was being said and we both just started talking and I remember quickly asking you at some stage like to see what stop what stop you are getting off. So we met on the train and when I found out that your stop was a bit after mine I was like awesome I can have a great conversation with this person um, and we did and yeah it was um, I couldn't remember exactly I'm not sure if you remember.
0: Yeah, 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 and yep, yeah, um, a um,
1: train conversation really happens. <laughs> um, you're not wrong. But
0: yeah. yeah, it does really happen these days. Everyone's you know in their phone or something like that. But um, from yeah. I, and I hopefully I don't sound too bad saying this, but you you were actually and this is funny on your point. You were getting ready to go to the movies because Avengers was out. Um, like yeah. the like the last, and you were getting changed on the train, and you were like, like I sat next to you, and you were like. I don't do this regularly. Like I'm not doing this weird. I'm just I'm going I'm going to the movies, and I've just finished work. And I was like, "Hey, all good." Like you got to see Avengers. You can't not see it. So that was the way that I um, I remember. Oh, us. that makes total sense. I remember. So I remember um,
1: yeah, I was watching. I was going to Avengers, and I was in. I didn't want to wear my work clothes um, to the movie, so I was. And I am I am known for getting changed in. Week. This isn't, I mean, but as a result, so I used to, I feel like we should share some context. So when I was in high school, I used to do dance, even though I'm not a dancer, yeah. and we didn't get much time to change into clothes, and I was always known for, like, just not concentrating sometimes. So I would just use maximize my time by getting changed whilst I was doing something else. So I really mastered the whole, like, switching attire um, whilst being in public, so no one actually ever saw anything, but it was really effective way to change clothes whilst you were doing something else, but where whilst being in one spot, not having to move and get up and go to the bathroom. Um, out of, it's kind of like effectiveness out of laziness, yeah. um, to be efficient. And, yeah, so that – yeah, I was probably changing my clothes. Like, that's
0: right. <laughs> it sounds like it's a good skill that I should get used to as well, especially if you, someone like yourself, if you're jumping in between meetings or planes or, you know, going to the gym, yeah. you want to be able to have something that you're not just running around in heels all day or something like that, so –
1: Yes, I've mastered the um, getting change right before
0: entering a venue in like 30 <laughs> seconds. That, that's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one to have. Uh, now what we're going to do now, Athena, is what we're going to do is uh, get to know you a little bit better. So if you'd like to mm-hmm. tell the listeners about yourself or what you do or where you're up to in terms of, in terms of life at the moment.
1: Sure. So um as they've introduced, I'm Athena. Uh at the moment I finally made the decision to dedicate my time solely to Meet Her and my Gap Year. So Meet Her is a business that I personally founded, um, and my gap year is one that I've now been working with going on to uh five or six years now. Um, so I am the assistant director for that one. Um so this is the first time in my life I have ever focused on. Um, two projects, which sounds funny uh, because I'm known for someone that does multiple jobs, multiple projects, multiple things just always going on. Uh, So it's quite strange. Um, So I graduated university um, last year. I graduated from a double degree in science and arts where I majored in psychology and criminology with a minor in politics uh, from the University of New South Wales. So um, the... Bit of a backstory, which uh, I think is a bit funny and I always like to share is I originally started uni being dead set on my next 10 years of life. So um, I was going to become a psychologist. I knew I wanted to do a double degree, make the most of my time at uni. So I knew that would add one extra year. Um, so it was going to take me about, I think, nine or 10 years to be a registered psychologist. And then, uh, so I started uni at 17. I was a little young. So I was like 27. And I was like, if I work really hard, I could possibly get a PhD in there and have a PhD before I was 30. So that was the original game plan. So a little young, ambitious Athena, walking around campus with this really clear set out pathway. There was nothing that was going to change my mind. I decided on it years before I even got to uni. Uh, and then when I did get to uni, um, it was everything I expected. I loved it. I loved what I studied. I never changed courses or anything. Um, but my entire life plan flicked on its head about two years in, Um, And it was partly because of my work that I was doing with my gap year. And so I went from being a young woman with the clearest plan of the next five years to being a young woman that has no bloody idea what the next five years are going to hold. And and it's funny, a lot, I mean, especially after graduating uni, everyone asks, what's your plan? What are you doing? What's your five-year goal? And I just look at them and you hear crickets because I have no idea (laughs) for the first time. Uh, But... Um, that really makes me comfortable because for the first time, I'm really focusing on what I'm doing now and what I can do now rather than trying to work towards, um, even though I'm big on goals, I just realised that setting a five-year goal might restrict what I'm capable of doing now and I might miss opportunities that are available. So, uh, finally focusing on my two businesses, meet her in my gap year and really learning to live in the now um, and try not to get too panicked or to overworked about the future.
0: That's really cool. I like that. I'm um I'm a big well. The title of this show is called and Goals, so you can see where in terms of in goals. But that's really cool that to see that you know, taking a step back and going, all right, well you know things can change or you know and really learning from that experience of like having a ten year goal to now having no idea. Um, that's really, yeah, because a lot <laughs> a lot of people don't know what they're doing right now. They look into the future. I want to have this. I want to have this house. I want to have this car. Blah blah blah. But they don't look at the steps to get there. And they have to realize yeah. that it's a small actions day in day out that will actually eventually get you to that um, that area. Like for example, if you don't mm. like looking at Instagram or that on your phone, get rid of it. You know, or put your phone down, yeah. or well, yeah, limit limit it. You know, turn it off, things like that. So those little things that can get you a long way. That's really cool. Yeah. And so with those those businesses now, so there's obviously three specific ones that you have right now, uh, and I'd like to learn a little bit more about each one. Uh, But I think my gap year was the first, your first kind of out of those three there. So did you want to start there?
1: Yeah, no, that sounds good. It makes, I like to work in chronological order. So my gap year sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So um, I am now the assistant director of my gap year. So I've obviously, it sounds really big of a big shall we? but like I'm also super on the ground. So although I am um, the assistant director, I'm also our uh, volunteer coordinator and I'm one of the adventure tool leaders on the ground. So I'm kind of covering each levels there. Um, and so what, uh, how I got involved with my gap year, I was actually, um, my schoolies. So, uh, I was, as I mentioned earlier, I was 17 when I went to uni, so I was obviously 17 when I, um, was going through that whole high school graduation period. Uh, and I, uh, have a little Asian mother. And so when I mentioned the word schoolies to her, she brought out her instinctual tiger mother, um, side and was like, you can't go to schoolies. You're not going to go get drunk on a beach. And I looked at her noddingly like I agree because I knew she was going to say that. And, you know, I couldn't floor her. I was 17. She doesn't want me going to drinking, especially on a beach. You know, I see all the risks, Um, but I was kind of hoping she was going to say that I kind of baited her. And I baited her because uh, what I was going to follow up with is, oh, mum, you know, that's a really good point. Can I go volunteer overseas? And it went perfectly to plan. I said it, and she goes, oh, yeah, you can go do that. (laughs) And the best part was, for me, for schoolies, it meant rather than going away for just a week, I got to go away for two weeks. And as well as um, being able to volunteer and visit a new country, I also did also get to party a little bit as well. So in my opinion, I got the best of both worlds. I got to do everything I ever wanted to do going away from my schoolies experience. Um, And I ended up finding myself in Cambodia. Uh, The cool thing is I actually wasn't supposed to go with my gap year. So um, I was originally planning to go with another volunteer organization that's quite big. I'd seen them at like school expos and it was, it was actually, I posted on Facebook saying, hey, would anyone like to come with me on this thing instead of going to school with? And a girl that reached out to me was someone I met two years prior doing um, police work experience and she was working with a company called Unleash Travel and they partnered with my gap year and took trips to Cambodia. And I'm, to this day, so grateful for her for just going on a limb and seeing if I'd actually want to go with them instead, because if it wasn't for her just taking a shot and just messaging for the hell of it, um, I wouldn't have gone to Cambodia with Unleashed and then met my gap year on the ground, um, and it wouldn't have changed the rest of my entire life. Uh, so I went there when I was 17 for schoolies. Um, at the time, I actually volunteered at a Children's Centre for two weeks uh, teaching English um, to children that were orphans, and it was as I said, a life-changing experience. I um, And the coolest thing was, uh, on the way there, my friend clearly, rem- clearly remembers this, on the pl- flight there, um, I said to her, if this trip goes well, I want to bring a group back. And she laughed. She goes, thing you're getting too excited again. We haven't yeah. even gotten to our stop of a location. Like, we haven't even landed in Ho Chi Minh yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, this trip could turn out terrible. We don't know that. We don't know. Um, but, long and behold, four months later, um, so that was in November of 2014. Um, four months later in, or four, six months later, in July 2015, I was back there with a group of 10, uh, 10 people, and I never stopped. And so ever since then, I've been going to Cambodia at least every four months, um, sometimes every two months. Um, unfortunately, given what's going on with COVID-19, this is actually going to be the longest I haven't been to Cambodia for, which is quite strange for me. I've been having that kind of jet of lifestyle flying to Cambodia um, often for the last five years the first time um, I haven't been there for so long, which is quite uh, strange for me. Um, but it's my second home over there because of the work that we do. So um, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, and yeah, so this is what what I do now. Um, I recruit volunteers to come over with us and travel with us um, and give back to the communities uh, communities over there. Um, I should probably say what we are. My gap is a social enterprise, and um, give back to the volu- uh, to, sorry, to the communities in which we operate in. Uh, We predominantly work in Cambodia, Reap. and our main um, project that we are super proud of because our co-founder and and actually uh, Ryle, who started with his mother, uh, he created this entire venture, um, this entire venture for young people on his own, Um, so we're quite proud of that, Uh, and uh, him, his mother, who he co-founded it with, and our local team have even fine-tuned our volunteer experience in the sense that the houses that we've built have actually changed drastically in the last five years to better um, make sure that we're providing the right shelter, safety um, and cosy comfortableness that we can afford to the families that we're helping.
0: That's amazing. And so so when, you, when you're there or when you're over there, what is the, say, two-week experience involved? Like I've, I went with my chal- yeah. uh, challenges abroad. I did one when I was yeah. at the university. I went with, went to Peru. So what's involved at the, in, in Cambodia and what do you guys do? Or what do volunteers expect to do when they're there?
1: Yeah, so um, as mentioned, uh, it's technically 11 days, so just shy of two-week experience. Um, So we take you over there. It is fully chaperoned, so um, on the travel and logistics side of things, we take all the stress out of it. The only thing we really expect from you is to wake up every day by a certain time and just bring your energy, uh, which is nice and easy, in my opinion. Um, so, on the, of the 11-day trip, uh, five to six days we spend building a house. So, um, in five days we build a house, a house from the ground up, um, but let's be honest, our volunteers aren't trainees, they're not construction workers, um, they don't probably have the skills to, you know, be roofing and doing things like that, and we don't expect them to, so uh, we work really closely and collaboratively with our local team and also the local community to build the house in five days. We also have a local foreman that kind of guides everything and watches over our volunteers, uh, as well as our own, myself and our other My Gappy, uh tool leaders um, are all trained and, and so we've done countless of houses. So uh, in the five days, it kind of, how I describe it to people is, um, you remember those flip books as a kid, you could draw like a little stick figure moving, it almost looks like a flip book when you take a photo of, you take a photo of the location of the house because every day a huge thing gets achieved. So on day one, we kind of start with, well, nothing, we kind of space. We normally um, bring down their old structure if they have um, space to sleep in at their neighbours or their family nearby. and um, We bring the structure down so we can make space for their new home. Uh, we then spend the first day um, digging and creating the foundations uh, for the house. And then we make some way for our local team um, to do a bit more of the heavy lifting, uh, just to make sure our, our volunteers don't um, injure themselves. And we then put up um, these massive cement poles that become... Um, I guess the legs of their house, uh, then by day 2 and day 3 we've got our volunteers straight into hard work, being end up with a few blisters, um, cleaning bamboo and storing bamboo, um, it sounds like a really simple task but there's like hundreds of pieces to do, um, so we're sitting there and doing them with uh, the local community, um, like to watch them and make sure they're doing it right, so sometimes we need to go over a few of the things to make sure that they're perfect. Um, And then we install the floors while our local team work on installing the walls at the same time as we do the floors and then the roofing and we do all the paint job and the cleaning and the clearing. So by day five, it's been a big collaborative effort. We all come together for a handover ceremony uh, and we uh, have a little celebration with the local community there. So that's the volunteer part. I'm also volunteering as well. Our volunteers um, need to help out with the kids. So in Cambridge, they only go to school for half a day, not a full day, um, but they go six out of seven days a week. And kids in Cambodia are fearless. They run around with um, sores if they see them because they think they're toys. So <laughs> um, we've, um, we've realised that's very unsafe. And so our, some of our volunteers, while they're taking a break, we do, like, little um, soccer games or skipping or um, they teach us some of their local Cambodian games. And so we kind of run a mobile kindergarten whilst doing a house build, just making sure it's safe for everyone. Um, now, outside of the volunteering, though, we jam-pack it with all these other activities. So we take them to... Um, ancient temples of Angkor Wat, a sacred waterfall, a floating village, local markets, eateries, um, a local fair, uh, all these different activities um, we include for them. And yeah, as we said, we take the stress out of travel um, and out of all the logistics and we just take them along for a fun and hopefully life changing experience.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you, um, the chaperone part is probably the, the most useful part of their experience. You know, experience obviously helping out and things like that is what they're there to do. Um, But someone who would want to help out and to have to organise their accommodation, food, and safety and all that stuff—it's just—it's like a—it's a headache, you know. And if you have a certain program and something in place, it's great for someone to be able to go and do that. So I definitely recommend anyone going to do a program like that. And if you're looking forward to it, you know, my gap year when we can. Yeah, back amongst yeah. it, yeah, yeah. It looks like an amazing project, and so, so you eventually so you went along as a like a patron or a volunteer, and then did you yeah. say to the boss, "Hey, I want to, you know, take people over myself"? And is that how it worked, or yeah?
1: So, um, normally I would. Normally I'm that kind of forward person, um, but what happened on my first trip? So, despite me obviously being one of the younger ones, um, I actually connected really well with the founder Deb. And, um, I guess she saw a lot of potential in me. And even on that first trip, she gave her like small responsibilities, just like, you know, collecting money or handing out tickets and stuff. Um, and then on the final day, she just kind of mentioned, um, I think I probably knowing me offhandedly mentioned saying, I'd love to come back again being enthusiastic young Athena. And, um, she mentioned this really cool, uh, ambassador program that they have running that we still run at the moment. We offer it to all past my gap year volunteers. And so essentially, if um, I was able to bring 10 people over with me, uh, they would cover the cost of my trip. I just had to do my flights and spending. And to me, I was like, you know, it's a no-brainer. I was going to come back anyway. I would have paid for it all again because I just so badly wanted to come back. I really wanted to actually build a house at that point and spend more time out in the local villages. I'd only spent a day on my first trip, and I, I knew that that's where I wanted to spend more time. So I was going to come back anyway. That was already decided, my first uni break. Um, but I thought, hey, why not, why not just – Try and get ten more people to come with me. Um, I didn't think I was really going to get there. Um, I knew a lot of people, but I wasn't sure if they want to come. Um, but I gave it a shot, and lo and behold, I got the ten people. It was uh, to be honest with you, quite a random mix of people. Um, one was a good friend. Um, a few others were just kind of um, kind of like we we're friends in high school, but we weren't that close or anything. Um, one was simply because I bumped into him at uni, uh, and we went to high school. He goes, sounds cool. I'll come. Uh, and I also was um, quite, I feel, I feel quite honoured uh, that I actually had also my first group of under-18s come um, at that point, four of them. Um, their parents trusted me and it was our first ever um, group trip that we took under-18s outside of a schoolish trip. So that was quite a big game changer for us, um, realising that we could offer this experience to young people. Uh, so that was a really exciting thing as well.
0: That's awesome. That's, and so how many trips have you done now?
1: I actually did count this um, a few weeks ago. I think I'm at 25.
0: Yeah, wow. And so you'd know the whole community, think, the whole team, everything.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. So we've got a really, really close small team. Um, we, <laughs> we used to try to look like we're a really big company, but we're really a small business and we are really recently realised that that's actually one of our strengths, um, that we are family founded and family owned. Uh, and even on the ground, all of our – we have um, – uh, close-knit of four local staff, or five including our builder as well, um, and of the four staff members that have known each other for years, two of them have been best friends for like 30, like since they've been born, they've been friends from when they were children. And so even amongst our local team, it's uh, quite a family-oriented business, and when um, we bring volunteers into that kind of space, and we are um, a close-knit family, and we call ourselves the Gap M-G-Y family. Yeah, um, cool. Everyone that comes into it. It's um Yeah, for us, it's more than just a business. It is that... Um, camaraderie and family connection that everyone kind of creates once you come and join us
0: it's amazing what you can achieve when you do come together like you said a bit of a random group of you know half 17 year olds half over 18 year olds who are have the ability to potentially build a house you know what i mean in five days so it's amazing what a small group of people can can achieve and then you look at that and you compare it to the world there's 7 billion of us and there's so many people running yeah, muck yeah. or not behaving well or not doing the right thing and it's like imagine if we were all switched on and could give back to communities and we'll it, like it would be a whole the planet you know it'd be crazy
1: yeah I think the biggest thing is you just need to be willing and if you're willing you'll find someone that's willing to guide you to get to whatever that collective goal is um, and yeah and that's our biggest thing with our volunteers they're just willing to give back and help uh, they don't actually realise that they have all the skills and things that they need just by being willing that's kind of the main thing um, but having that kind of enthusiasm, um, just to do better, um, yeah. no matter what it is, is, yeah, is all you really need. And if a few of you can come together and you all want to do better and make things
0: better,
1: then why not? kind of nothing really stopping yeah, you. Yeah. And
0: like, find the like you said, just, you know, come here and just make sure you get up each morning and then we've got you, you know, that's it. yeah. Mm. Um, the next part, so meet her. So that's so I didn't yeah. realize that my gap year wasn't yours, but obviously you're part of it, and you're quite okay. high on the on the food chain there. So, with Meet Her, yes. that's your, your your second, I guess, main project, and or your first yep. main project. What's um what is Meet Her AU? Yes. Yeah, so um, Meet Her is a social
1: enterprise that um, I designed to connect young women with mentors in industry. Uh, to help um, be a part of the solution to solve gender inequality in the workforce. So uh, quite a big goal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: so essentially, yeah, with my gap year, um, I view it as kind of like part of my baby. Um, it's like my, like my, my adopted child, um, I yeah. guess, in a way. So it's now a huge part of me. I can never not travel to Cambodia anymore. Um, but, yeah, Meet Her is, I guess, um, my first own um, business baby, as I like to call it. Uh, and, yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> It actually came out of another little small venture I was doing. I was actually selling uh, homemade dumplings uh, for a couple months while I was in Sydney. Wow. Uh, and it actually came out um, me delivering dumplings to um, a friend. So um, I guess being in Queensland, if I give an example, it's kind of like driving from um, like the theme park down into Burley. That was kind of the distance I was doing. And I didn't want to listen to talk show radio. So I chucked on like TED Talk playlist and this TED Talk came up. And um, I think it was called Girl Up. I really need to go find out what TED Talk was because I was driving. I didn't know. I was just listening. Yeah. And he got a young girl to come up on stage. And she said, this talk is for you. Everyone's just listening. And the talk spoke about uh, personal love, partner love, and community love. And under community love, she had the um, events team shine a light on that young woman's chair. And she asked for anyone um, that was willing to send up a business card and to place that on her chair. And she told the young woman on stage to, once you get back to your chair, go through those business cards. And anyone that stands out to you, call them, email them, text them, ask them to have coffee with you. Because someone, um, if not more, will be willing to help you and they'll be your mentor and they'll get they'll help you get to where you want to be. And it was just like all these light bulbs just started all happening all at the same time. Um, and I had that thought on the way to dropping off these dumplings and I didn't say anything when I delivered them. It was actually to a friend I was just following with ideas. I was like, no, I need to vet my idea. I need to think about it. Is this viable, is it tangible? Is it going to actually achieve anything? And by the time I dropped the dumplings off and driven back home, I would come up with the name of Meet Her and how um, the business model was going to run and how our boutique um, curated networking events were going to run. And so um, I created it with, um, to be honest with you, with frustration. Um, I was quite frustrated at a lot of conversations about gender inequality that I felt were very improductive, Um, conversations that weren't going anywhere or coming up with any solutions, and I I wanted to be a part of the solution, not just another voice adding to the noise. And so I thought mentorship is something that exists, but what if we did it purposefully and intentionally and proactively, and actually our our women that were experienced, that were industry-equipped, were actively mentoring younger women, not just for fun or to help them just reach a potential that they saw, but to go beyond that potential and to particularly help them overcome the, um, the barriers that exist for women in the workforce that are quite a unique experience to women. But if a mentor has had to overcome those challenges themselves or face those obstacles, who better than to kind of show us the tricks or the ways to get around them a bit easier to us And then hopefully when we rise up to those positions, we can do the same for younger women yet again. And hopefully the obstacles will get smaller and will be something that hopefully won't exist anymore.
0: I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. That's really cool just to know that, you know, something can, I'll say, an idea as big as Meet Her right now can happen in a 90-minute dumpling delivery drive. So that's really cool. literally. And... Uh, So what was your first step to do? How did you get to where you are now in in terms of... Uh,
1: First step, I have a very clear first step. So I come up with about five ideas on average a week. Um, I just like, I call myself a human ideas generator. Um, So as I as I always have to filter them because they're not all good ones. Um, And so once I, if if I've ever come up with something that I thought was genuinely tangible, um, my first step is always to actually run it by my mum. Uh, so they always say, make sure your parent isn't your mentor. So I have been um, connecting with other women to guide me. Um, but my mum herself is quite a reputable um, and incredibly experienced and full of wealthy of knowledge um, businesswoman. And so I knew that if there was anyone that was going to be honest with me and tell me if I had a good idea or idea made up of just dreams and hopes um, that weren't actually going to achieve anything really, um, it was going to be her. Um, she already told me that I wasn't going to have a singing career. She made that clear. (laughs) Uh, So I knew she was willing to be cut through. Uh, and so I pitched this idea to her, um, over dinner that night. I really wanted to get it out of my system. And I remember being kind of shocked, uh, when she was like, yeah, I think it could work because I think she knew that this was more than just one of my little projects. I think she knew that I wanted it to be more. Um, and she goes, yeah, I think it's a good idea. And so she reminded me that my first step was actually making sure I had mentors willing to mentor young women. And so that was um, my next step following that was actually getting a group of women um, that were experienced in their respective fields and industries. Um, one, running the idea by them and make sure that they think it's going to work to achieve the goals that I had set out. Um, and two, was to see if they were willing to come on as mentors. And um, thankfully, they all did. So it was, yeah, quite a... Humbling
0: beginning <laughs> yeah, that's a question I had for, for later on, but mentorship's really important like, a, as a dietitian we do uh, we have to do a compulsory year of mentorship and we have to go out and find a another dietitian who we believe could help us get further in the field and that's something you have, you have to do to get your, your status. Uh, what's been mm-hmm. your experience having mentors um, and then I guess transferring that into what Meet her has now done for others
1: um i th- i was with well, with me her I knew mentors were crucial um, for two reasons I was both in a mentee and a mentor position so I'm um, in high school um I'd always been a big dreamer that was nothing new um and in high school I had always had um big ideas of what I wanted to achieve so one of the first um big big things I ever did was actually um create I'm oh, not creating sorry I'll Organizing, um, like the night, um, with the Leukemia Foundation in my local area. And that turned out to be, I didn't realize at the founding stages, a huge event, um, uh, with along with the community and my friends, we're all actually 15 at the time. Um, we ended up raising, uh, just over $45,000. And Holy so, shit. Um, yeah. I remember that that outcome was fantastic, but you know, looking back, the process to get to that. Was really hard, and a lot of people said that I had no idea what I was doing because I was 15. I did have no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but what really stood out to me was one of my teachers, who I'm still really close to now, actually sat down um, with me in recess and lunch, and she walked me through all the things that I need to consider. And I remember one of the things I had to do was actually contact my local council in the park, fill out this 10-page document. I've never had to fill out a 10-page document as a 15-year-old. And she sat there with me and went through every single criteria and helped me think about what I had to do for it. And that was kind of one of my first early days and experiences of mentorship where someone didn't really care how big or how small my goal or dreams were, but she knew that I was going to do this and she knew that I could get there with support and guidance. And so she gave me that. And I was really grateful because in the end I did do it and I was able to bring along all my group of friends with me for um, for that as well. And so I knew that a mentor could be crucial in helping people um, realise their goal and even going beyond their goal because that was that was not our goal. Our goal was $1,000, it wasn't $45,000 um, and her support got us there. So um, I knew mentorship was crucial in that way and I also at the time of starting Meet Her, I had just started mentoring myself. I started mentoring a high school student. Um, uh, called Emma and um, along that journey I learnt a lot as her mentor and I learned a lot about why people mentor because I always was under the impression that a mentor is someone you go to for um, particular guidance when there's a problem, um, if, you know, you've got an interview or some big thing coming up and you want to practice like or role play. I was always kind of that kind of help or assistance. But being uh, Emma's mentor, I realised it was so much more than just that help. It was also the support you could provide, the encouragement, um, and sometimes just the person that they want to message to share something. And I remember so clearly um, when Emma had come out of her trials and she was a bit stressed and she was sharing that with me. But then I remember those few weeks later when she got her marks back. She, I think she came top three in multiple of her subjects and she got like 90-something in one of her exams that she thought she absolutely, like she thought she just bombed it. She didn't think she was going to get anywhere close to 90. And I remember getting those messages and just smiling. And because I know she didn't need me to say anything, but being her mentor uh, became an important person to her to share her successes with and to share her journey with, not just be there for when she needed support or um, guidance. So mentorship was so clear to me that it was crucial and important, um, and I just wanted to find a way to be able to make it accessible. Because um, as you said in your experience, you have to go out and find your mentor, so you probably would understand this. It is hard. It's like asking someone out on a date. Like, it's like dating, but, like, professionally. And uh, there's all these feelings about asking them, like, can we have a coffee? And it's the same experience when you're trying to ask someone out on a date and you're like, oh, am I going to get rejected? But what if I don't get rejected? And what if you make it to the coffee and then you're like, oh, is what I'm wearing okay? (laughs) The whole thing is quite, you know, stressful and it can be intimidating and it can make you feel a bit flustered. And I wanted to take all those things away as much as I could. Make mentorship easy so that it could just be at its core and at its most raw form of pure support and nurture um, and therefore both parties to grow from the experience. And once I kind of really flesh that out with a soft launch um, and then constant edits for every single mentor event afterwards, um, I, I feel like I'm really starting to be able to offer young women that attend our events an experience where they can connect with their mentor in a really safe way um, and comfortable space for them to, um, to be vulnerable, but also to be ambitious and to grow, um, as well. So, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, you're not wrong there. It is it is a bit of a relationship that you have with your mentor. So you definitely, I can, um, definitely relate to the experience of, you know, having coffee with someone who you look up to so hard and you're like, oh, I don't know what I should say next. Like, <laughs> I've only, I've only just Googled them I don't know what to say, um,
1: but, yeah, talking point. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and so you had your official launch uh, probably just under or over a year ago now, Then um, and what ha- that was in Sydney, um, and how did that yeah. go?
1: Swimmingly. It went fantastic. Yeah, uh, good. It was a really good day. Even looking back on it, I have a huge smile because it was a fantastic day. It was an exhausting day, but it was a fantastic day. Um, we were really fortunate to be sponsored by wildlife hair salon in Sydney and so they gave us our space, their hair dressing salon essentially flat packs against the wall and it meant that we got a beautiful view of Sydney Harbour which was a really nice um, thing to have on our official launch and it went fantastic. Um, Of course it wasn't perfect, we had lots of the feedback that we got and that we put um, into action for all of our future events Um, and it was more just logistical things um, to make sure that we're really achieving the goals that we set out for Meet Her to make sure that um, our young women are connecting with their mentors, that they have enough time, um, and that they're really getting something out of the event, and rather than just coming to, you know, for the gram. I really want it to be more than just taking a nice picture and then leaving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it went fantastic. And then, but since then, we've constantly revised and made um, little fine edits to every single event after every event, um, so that we can always um, we can always be better um, and offer something um, that's better. So we're constantly striving for that. Uh, and, yeah, it was a like, – thinking back, it was a fantastic day, but we've definitely also um, grown and changed our events and fine-tuned it quite a lot as well.
0: And so with, in the process, to say for – I'm just going to, like, throw an example out there. So yeah. you put up – so we have a Meet Her event on the first Wednesday, the 1st of April at 6 p.m. Um, if you're interested in having a mentor – in X industry come along or do you mm-hmm. just invite mentees and they have to find a mentor and meet them there as well? Yeah, How cool. How's the process exactly. kind of work?
1: Yep. Yeah, so what's the logistics behind it? So yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest thing is that our events are exclusive and invited only. So what I mean by that is you can't just hop online and purchase a ticket and then rock up um, for our mentor networking events. So I actually take the time to individually pair um, our mentors and mentees. So um, for the young women and for the mentor, all they need to do is turn up. Um, Obviously, I do prepare them with multiple documents and things, um, but essentially they just come. They're not expected to find each other or anything. Um, That's my job. So I guess I kind of work as a a mentorship matchmaker, um, if you were to call it that. Um, so I, I do it through two ways, so uh, one is I either do it how I did my original official um, and soft launch where I invite all the mentors in, I make try to get a representation of multiple industries and fields Um, Of across all disciplines, as as many as I can. I really encourage diversity. And then what I do is um, I gain more insight into them. I normally meet up with them or have a face chat with them so I get to know more about their work experience because some that might be in small business now have a corporate background in the field um, and things like that, so I get to know more about them. And then I guess I kind of share like a little um, promo advertisement about them. So I share um, what field they do represent, Um, but also a bit about their background so that young women can know where they come from and what these women are doing now um, and what they've done before to see if that's kind of the career trajectory that they're considering. Um, And then young women can say, hey, I'm studying this. I'd love to meet that mentor. And so I connect them that way. Um, Or the flip way. Sometimes I get young women say, hey, I'd love to um, find a mentor. Um, This is what I'm studying or this is what I'm doing for my career. Um, Can you help me find someone? And then I'll go out and do my best to um, network or user connections that I have to find them a suitable mentor based on what they're hoping to achieve with their career aspirations.
0: That's amazing. And so I guess in terms of, I guess, matchmaking celebrity, uh, success rate, how do you, how many people have you partnered with mentors or how many mentees have you, um, I guess given out to mentors?
1: no, I've never thought about this. Uh, If I do a quick count, my first event, so I do keep a strict two-to-one ratio. So um, I have a really big thing where I don't want to dilute the value of our events. And so as a result, they're quite intimate compared to other networking events. So I cap the max amount of attendees at 26, um, but that actually includes um, our our staff, um, any um, of my friends that support my events as well. So normally the actual mentor-mentee total is about 20. Um, so I would say I'm gonna estimate like thirty matches, maybe more.
0: That's amazing each event I yeah,
1: probably more. And each event there's at least six mentors and they each get paid with two. So yeah, probably like fifty? I don't know. I should count this.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And then so from there yeah. so they I guess they sign a contract and they say I'm gonna be your mentor for a year or is it well, we're gonna meet up every month? How is 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 that how and then the you It's not that you're no longer in charge of the relationship, but you've set them up and then you you let them, then the mentor and the mentee kind of decide what they want to do from there on. Is that right? Yeah,
1: so it's more like the latter. So I don't ever add any... Kind of contractual um, aspect, which just because I really think it also does need to have that aspect of being natural and not forced. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to be a lot about self initiative because I think when you take the initiative to do something rather than being forced to do it based on like an agreement, um, you're more likely to get more out of it because you're spending more time wanting to do something. Mm. And so um, what we do is we organize it on a really, on the basis that people understand um, it's super flexible. So both young women and, um, and our experienced women mentors, of course, are busy. And so we let them decide the terms and conditions of their mentorship. So some will have um, an ongoing relationship that will last a while, whereas others might be more short term. My biggest thing is at the events that they're getting whatever answers that they need from their mentors then, and then making sure that afterwards they have that channel of connection. So I, I provide all, the, um, all their mentors' details afterwards to them if they didn't already have them. Um, and then I do have two touch bases where I just touch back, touch base with them, remind them to reach out to their mentors. Um, and then I also have, um, since created something called Her Community, which is exclusive access for all of our, um, Meet Her attendees from both our networking, um, mentor networking workshops, um, networking events, sorry, and my other workshops. Um, and I put up little reminders on there that have you checked in with your mentor, touch base, um, and things like that. But I have to admit, um something that I've unfortunately noticed is there's still a hesitance in connecting after the event. And I think that's just that same old um, experience that people get with just reaching out in the first place um, with mentors, that reluctance, that hesitance, that fear of rejection. And so um, unfortunately I didn't get to trial this at my first event. I had to postpone it in March, um, but we're going to bring it in for the next one where I'm encouraging our mentors now to actually um, uh, be the instigator for that 1st meetup to help them get over that barrier once again. So that was one of those things that we noticed was um, not quite going to plan at our events and we wanted to really help bridge that gap. Um, and so to help that connection to be made a bit easier, um, we have the yeah mentors that are more experienced and obviously don't have that fear and that want to help because if they didn't, they just wouldn't be a mentor. Yeah. Um, have them help out and reach out a bit more to make those young women feel a bit more comfortable in the relation, in the mentorship
0: yeah definitely because if if you're someone say for example like look past athena who's 17 years old you're not not everyone is as enthusiastic as you so you know a lot of people are really keen but also really scared and it's not that they they, want, they don't want to show that they're weak or that they're fearful even though they want the answer so that's really good i think incorporating having the mentor reach out is Probably really inspiring for the person, or they're like, "Oh, this person does remember me." You know, they want to talk to me. You know, I agree. yeah, because yeah. it is a relationship they want to have. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed up to be a mentor as well. You know, they're trying to yeah. they're trying yeah. to improve their skills as well as being a mentor. You know, mm-hmm. and being able to give the right advice, things like that. So that's awesome. I love that. It's an amazing idea, I and I can't wait to see more of it happening. So. Congratulations! fine yeah. tuning. It's
1: going well. Yeah,
0: and now <laughs> well, the, the third the third one you got there is a Spark Fund. Can you tell me about yeah. that one?
1: Yes, so the Spark Fund is kind of its own thing, but kind of not. So it's a branch under Meet Her. It's actually our not for profit that was started. Um, so I created the Spark Fund. Uh, so it exists uh, to support young entrepreneurial women to transform their ideas into a reality. And so uh, in I know Meet Her is only um, about a year and a half old from our soft launch. Um and my biggest thing was I'm super fortunate and I do not um take this for granted at all that uh it was because of the sport that I had in the early days. I also had a few businesses such as and Mark, Age, um Briskin Investments, um and uh Wildlife salon that I mentioned, uh and I also had Sunshades I Wear, these were brands and businesses that um sponsored our events at the beginning. And it gave me a chance to actually try my idea when I personally didn't have the funding to um, to get them off the ground. And so it was because I had those connections available and I had the support. And in particular, of my mum. she's been a huge, huge um, support, both emotionally and financially for, um, for creating Meet Her. Uh, and if it was not for those uh, people and businesses and brands, um, Meet Her wouldn't exist. I wouldn't have been able to Action, you know, materialize the idea, uh, but that was something that I was lucky enough to have, and um, not everyone has those same connections or the same ability to reach out or even know how. Um, and so, I wanted to be able to create um, something where, you know, that me, her could support other young women that had, you know, crazy, beautiful, big, brilliant ideas, and help them take that idea that's just this little unseeable thing that just exists in between you know, your two ears on the side of your head that just kind of floating around in there um, to being something real, something that they view, that they envisioned. Um, And things like funding, support, guidance and things, there's everything that they need. And so that's what the Spark Fund hopes to provide. So I haven't launched it yet, but I've actually just finalised the criteria. We're going to bring it out in the next couple of weeks. So essentially how the Spark Fund plans to do that is through our Kickstarter scholarship. So our Kickstarter scholarship um, is a... Um, kind of awards program, I guess you could call it, grant program, uh, where the winning young woman will receive $2,000 in funding, um, as well as 12-month mentorship, um, fortnightly check-ins, and um, I'm in the midst of talking to multiple businesses, service providers, um, and other uh, female founders. I'm in their respective fields to offer um, free access to services and courses um, with their businesses to enhance that young woman's skills, knowledge, and abilities, um, not just for business, um, not just for marketing and things like that, but also for their own. Um, I've actually got um, a well-being coach, health and wellbeing coach that's joined us, um, Sammy Fluke. Um, I have an ex-cop um, who talks a lot about mindset and planning. Um, Yaz yeah, London, who's offering a mentorship with her. So I'm trying to just get as many people that are willing to support this young woman in giving her all the tools and resources she needs to be fully equipped to have in that 12-month period after she wins the Kickstarter scholarship. Have that idea materialize into yeah
0: into real life that's amazing I love that I'm really into um I've kind of found the last year that I'm really into startups and small businesses and trying to that that whole process you know it's not I don't think it's quite reached. like it's it's a, it is in Australia but it's not as big as it will be in the future as in like the states and stuff yeah. so that's amazing that you've kind of you know um made an indent in that space and so have you found i guess your first um, scholarship receiver or that's what the program is going at in the next couple of weeks to define those programs going at
1: yeah Yeah. so I've got the criteria um, nutted out Uh, essentially it's open to every young woman I've got an eight criteria I need to clarify it on Um, but it can be any venture at all I don't want to limit um, their ideas because I know that we can come up with such, you know, multiple things. I don't want to limit them. Yeah. It can be a business. It can be an app. It could be an event. It could be a product, a magazine. I don't really mind at all. Um, but my biggest thing is that I do want it to have a component of giving back. Um, and so I've actually used um, the UN's um, Sustainable Development Goals um, as part of the foundation for the criteria to make sure that they're kind of connecting or ticking with one of those boxes of giving back. So whether it be to the environment, whether it to be encouraging partnerships, whether it be um, to working to eradicate poverty or increase, uh, increase access to clean water, I don't mind what, uh, how they're achieving this other goal, but I want it to be a conscious part of um, whatever venture or startup that they're having. Because I think making sure that they have that um, purpose and value driven into it as well, um, then know the project is bigger than themselves, which I think is a really crucial and special part. So, um, I, yes, as I mentioned, finalise the criteria, I'm nutting out that whole kind of how it's going to work. Um, but I've got three judges lined up. They're going to um, so I'll accept applications from everyone. Um, they'll be open for a month. The judges will help me nail out either the top three to five um, picks. And I think we're going to do it as a public vote. So we're going give, to give the public a say um, and get them to pick uh, the lucky like, young woman. Um, but I am going to try see if we can come up with something as well for the finalists because I do want to support as many young women as I can, um, which I already do as a bit of a side thing with Meet Her. We have a lot of, um, or I have a lot of connections with other women similar to myself that either have just created ideas or have an idea but are not creating another idea um, and just helping us yeah, get all of our ideas off the ground because the more that we can share with one another and support one another, we can hopefully grow something really beautiful.
0: I love that. This is like this is the best conversation I could have had today because I, I love all this type of stuff, like all the books I read, all the blogs I, I read. So this is amazing. This is this is really cool. Uh, with um, with your ideas, you know, for someone who comes up with five a week, do you? And you, obviously, you said you share it with your mum, I've I've kind of been in, I guess, exposed to where people would want to keep their ideas to themselves. They're like, no, it's mine. Like. I don't want anyone to take it because obviously there's been huge yeah. problems in the past. For example, like you know Facebook or things like that, which have end up lawsuits or this and this, obviously over the mm-hmm. the um, the the price of money that they make. Do you share your yeah. ideas?
1: I do all the time. Uh, pretty much every day. I've literally, what' well, we're at Wednesday, yeah, I've shared an idea with someone every single day. Yeah, <laughs> this week. I think like two people, I've shared it with like two people a day. Um, I share it because, I think, I share it because it's important for me to, um, my, I guess, seek a bit of validation and honest opinion from other people, Um, because when it's your idea, as well as you being selfish and wanting to keep it, um, which I totally understand, Um, it's also, you're also going to glamorize it because it's your idea, you created it. And it's really hard sometimes getting honest feedback on it or constructive feedback on um, but for me, that's super important because if it's not realistic, um, if I have just dreamt too far and not made it actionable, um, me having the idea and keeping it to myself isn't any good for anyone. Um, and so I know that by sharing it with, particularly the important thing is even though I do share it, it's with people that I trust, um, the people that I'm incredibly close with. And so I, I don't just, um, it with any, any person that messages me on that day. Um, I do have a very close knit of people that I um, that I confide in, people that I know that aren't going to run off with my idea and take it um, because that is a total valid concern and it's something that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, And I know um, other people have been scared for me. I remember in the early days of Meet Her, um, I actually had, a lot of my male friends were super supportive and I knew they weren't obviously going to take the idea being all about women's empowerment. Yeah. Um, but some of them were even like, you know, Athena, be cautious about who you might share it with. You don't want them to try take over or something like that. And those fears are totally... Entirely valid. Um, But I think uh, a huge thing that I really promote with Meet Her is being able to create um, meaningful connections with people um, and surround yourself with people that you can trust and that you can have that level of openness with them Um, because we're all going to come up with ideas. When we're in that startup entrepreneurial space, um, ideas happen all the time, every single second of the day. Um, But to make sure that they come to life requires us saying it aloud and gaining that accountability. But also getting the support to get it off the ground. So um, definitely keep your ideas close, but I think sharing them um, um, is a part of the process.
0: It's really good advice, and networking. Obviously, it's super important, and you must be a huge like I'm a huge believer in networking. Like I, I I've spent my whole last year networking, and it's would like very um it's helped me get to the position that I am now in terms of my work. Um, I would you know you just everyone's like, oh, you know, that costs a lot of money to go to that or this or that. It's like, yeah, but if you go to these things and you meet the next person, they're going to shine brightly on you and they're going to talk about you behind closed doors type of thing. That's like your your person to have a voice for you when you're not there. Um, and I think it's a huge, it's a huge um, skill, obviously, but also a huge asset to have um, to build your network. And you don't always have to stay in contact with these people um, or, you know, talk to them every day or um support them in, in everything they do but as long as they're you know uh, reachable um you'll be able to leverage your community to your to your, to, to, to your ideas and to help yourself out and, so that, and then also you can help them what would you say is the biggest key to networking obviously meet her is more of a networking event as well um but do you have any tips or any ways to use your network
1: it is very funny that you asked me this, Nathan, because um, I've just finished researching, so I'm about to launch an online workshop for um, business working to put it short. Um and using my good old science background, I did a whole lot of peer reviewed researching. I've just finished going through like twenty different resources today, all focusing on networking and connecting businesses. Um, but it's also very transferable to obviously people. Um, and I've re- and I like to I'm deciding that I'm going to self proclaim myself as a networking guru because I love talking to people. It's exactly how we hit it off yeah. because of our, both our subtle openness to networking. Um, and uh, I actually came up with, this is one of my ideas I came up with this week um, that I'll share as my tip um, because I realize it underpins everything that I do and it particularly underpins everything um, that I believe in when it comes to networking. Um, and fittingly enough, I'm going to, um, I know everyone uh, listening to the podcast can't see, but I'm going to show it to Nathan. I've actually got a ring on my finger. That's a bee and a flower. And so my tip is the bee and the flower. So the bee and the flower have a relationship called a symbiotic relationship, um, which is a mutually beneficial one. And I think everything in networking is about it being mutually beneficial. And the key to that is in networking, everyone always says you've got to give more than you take. Um, And you do that because in the end, they'll ultimately want to give back in return. And making sure that you're creating a mutually beneficial space and relationship is crucial to any successful networking thing. And so if you can give that support um, that hasn't been elicited in the first place just because you like them or because their product is great or because you think they're just a really cool person, um, that's the way to start a relationship is being genuine in that and making sure that you're giving more than you're taking and then ultimately you will create a mutually beneficial relationship so constantly thinking about um the being the flower where it's not just take 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 or give 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 but creating that nice um that nice cycle
0: That's a really good tip I love that that's amazing and then and then all of a sudden you'll have this amazing it's a lot like the mentor mentee you have this relationship with someone which is is more about that love give community that you were talking about before um, yeah, and so that's a really cool. I like that tip. That's, I love. I'm going to share that, obviously, with this, but yeah, with, with others. So and I'm going to give <laughs> that's back.
1: That's a new thing. The flower, like you've just heard it here first. Yeah. On, um, on Nathan's podcast, and Goals. That's it.
0: <laughs> um, and with that, that's like creating more of a circular relationship as well. Um, and I like that you mentioned the Sustainable Development Goals, and that's more about creating that circular mm-hmm. community as well. That's something that I recently posted about on Instagram, and so- something that I don't think a lot of people are aware of, which is so important. And I really like that you've brought that into your um, your idea of Spark, because it's a huge they're um, huge goals, and everyone needs to work together to try to try achieve these goals. And um, it will be interesting to see how we vouch in ten years' time um, if people are aware enough to be able to help achieve those goals. So I think being a bee and the flower is a great uh, analogy for us to try reach those as well. So that's amazing. With that, definitely, so... Definitely,
1: definitely. I think, yeah.
0: Now you go, you go. What were you going to say?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think if we, all, um, if we all try to do the one thing that we believe in or that we're passionate about, we can um, get pretty damn close to achieving those goals. We're just going to play our part. As you said, there's so many of us. Yeah. Um, we only gotta do something small in each of our lives. That's
0: it. Now I've got written down here fundraiser in terms of Spark. So did you have a a, a recent fundraiser for is that right? For Spark?
1: Yes, for the Spark Fund. I did. Um it's so fresh in my mind. It was on November twenty-ninth, I still remember the date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it was actually the first fundraiser I've hosted um in a long time. So fundraising was always my original thing. That's how I originally got involved with my gap year. Um, so it was kind of nice revisiting it. A lot of my friends that were there were friends from high school. Uh, and we all laughed and reminisced about how they created the, um, they created my own verb back in high school called Being Voluntold. So you're told to volunteer uh, by <laughs> Athena. Um, and so it was a really, it was a really special night. Um, I had, um, I think I had about 60 people join me, um, at Stone and Chalk, uh, for the fundraiser. Uh, my goal was to raise as close as I could to the $2,000 for the Kickstarter scholarship, and we did. Um, we did, we got to that on the night, and it was um, through ticket sales and through um, raffle tickets, and I was overwhelmed with joy. Um, I still have a few people messaging me about it, even today, um, saying that coming to the event, it was for them, they felt inspired just being a part of it. Um, and that was my big thing. I wanted I wanted all of them, all, all the attendees that were there, to be a part of this SparkFun journey. And I, and I told them that night that they're all literally funding a young woman's dream on that night. And so I'm really excited to, yeah, to get the uh, applications up and running and open um, to our keen young women and to see which young women we'll be be supporting. They've got a huge community of already, 60-plus, just at the fundraiser, the long all of Meet Her uh, backing them. So, uh, yeah, the fundraiser was great. It was fun to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. so I want you to make sure you let me know where the next one is because I'll definitely be um – could you say the word investing in in um uh, in Spark Fund in the future for sure? When we can all commute again oh. and and be part of oh, something yeah, together. Sure. I love
1: that. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> Putting things in the calendar for when they're able to happen is something I'm trying to do. Um,
1: yeah. No. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Sure. yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> That's, no. I'd love to come along. That's amazing. Um, now obviously a lot of different things you've spoken about there. Um, and so your mm-hmm. time would be very very precious. Uh, uh, um, in terms of um. Being able to get everything done, you know, and that's obviously why you said at the start of the podcast tonight that you've decided to uh, focus on your businesses and work for yourself, which is yeah. amazing and mm-hmm. it's such a very bold thing to do. How do you structure these businesses? Do you, you know, you've talked about tangibility and you've talked about is it viable? Do you, do, what's your structure? Do you use business plans or do you just kind of paint it all on a wall and go from there?
1: Ah. Oh. I would say a mixture of both of those strategies. So I like to kind of set, um, although I feel like I don't have a five-year plan, like I do have a twelve-month plan because my businesses need to grow and scale, um, especially if they're going to support me. Um, and to ultimately, if they can support me, I can do more work with it, um, which is obviously the goal. So um, I kind of at the start of the year, I decided to work out where I wanted to be in twelve months, where I, what and what was required. Um, you know, KPI-wise, if you will, um, for my gap year, what was needed, for me, her, what was needed um, to show actual growth um, and then get us to stage one or whatever to get us to the next stage. So, um, yeah, I set out those kind of, that kind of plan, if you will. Um, with my gap year, I sat down with Rylan, and we really nutted out what we needed to achieve in the next 12 months. Um, for me, her, I actually was really lucky enough to win a, um, a business strategy day at the end of last year, which is perfect timing for the new year, so we nutted the, the goals out then, and I clarified them at the start of this year, uh, what they would be for me, her, and uh, from there, it's very Athena just kind of free does on how she feels all the day which I don't actually recommend for people um, I definitely think I don't time manage from being honest I do not time manage as well as I used to. I think my peak um, like when I was time managing like a boss, I'm gonna own it because that year I was killing it. Um, was in my final fourth year of uni, so I was full time uni. So I had my four subjects, I had my Gap Year I was recruiting for and doing all the other back work for that. Um, I had just started meeting her at the end of that year. I was running my homemade dumpling business. I was tutoring. Um, I had all these things going on, and I was so productive and efficient uh, simply because I had. I literally had no time. Um, And I needed to make the most of every second that I had. But sleep, I love sleep. So I named this to make sure that I factored in rest as well. Um, So I definitely was better time managed then. uh, But I am working on it now. So obviously working from home um, uh, was a bit of a shift uh, because home is where you relax, not always where you work. Uh, So I had to work out how I was going to work more effectively um, at home, especially now that it wasn't uni, where uni gives you like you have deadlines when you're your own boss, like you set the deadline. So if the deadline doesn't work for you that week, you're like, oh, the deadline's now next week. (laughs) So that was, I have to admit, that's been my biggest challenge. Um, And I think being a psych student has its advantages and disadvantages. And disadvantages is when I know that I'm not doing things that I definitely can be implementing that would make me more accountable. Um, Funnily enough, I actually posted one of my first, I mean, it was Athena videos uh, last week on implementation intentions, which you might have already, you probably learned about it as well in health, um, about like um, um, implementation intentions being where you change, you turn intention into action through um, writing out this thing and clarifying how you're going to achieve your goal with the goal of changing your behavior. And so I know exactly the tricks you need to do to get more time efficient and to set yourself goals and sometimes I purposefully don't do them because I don't want to be more So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a well-oiled machine, uh, but I am working on it. I'm trying to be really self-aware and knowing that when I'm not achieving my goals, that it sucks, and that when I do, I feel good. So I'm trying to bring some positive self-talk and kind of self-motivation involved. And it's, yeah, it's worked well this week. I've actually,
0: yeah, as I said today, I've gotten through all my networking uh, resources, which was a goal. <laughs> That's awesome. I really wanted to delve deep into that. Um, well, not so much deep, but talk about that intention and action video that you put up. I, just, I watched it the other week mm-hmm. and I just I thought, this is something I need to talk about, you know. It's some, it's huge. You know, I'm a big list man. I write lists. I got, like my walls got got like, two whiteboards in my room. I've got 10 bits of paper in front of me. Um, I use notes, like, it's crazy. And it's like, shit, my brain is just scattered everywhere. And then in a week's time, I read one word. I'm like, what does that mean? But you have to use this process. So did you want to talk about it?
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. So the implementation section, I actually can't remember who created it. I'm sure if anyone did a quick Google, you could work out the source for it. Um, But it came out of my um, studies in health psychology. It was one of my electives at uni. And so the concept was um, everyone has a... Um, intention and like your intention could be, I'm um, getting up at 6 a.m. Let's be honest, we don't like unless you're a morning riser, you get up at eight, even though you said you're getting up at six. And so what happens there is it's called an, um, an, I think it's called the intention action gap. And so there's a gap that exists between you intending to do something and you actually doing it. So the implementation was something that was created to try and close that gap that sorry, that gap. And so the implementation has been perfected over time. So it was originally writing down what you intended to do, uh, and that was going to help you get to what you want to do. But they've fine-tuned it, and research has shown uh, multiple ways to increase the effectiveness of an implementation intention. So one is, as I mentioned, is actually physically writing it down has been proven to increase your likelihood of achieving that. Um, I think it comes from multiple reasons, as when you're putting action to your intention from the beginning, um, it makes you more accountable to yourself rather than having it in your head. Um, Another thing that was really crucial for implementation and intentions is being super clear with your intention. Clarity is the most important thing. Um, At the moment that you're ambiguous, um, you start leaving spaces for excuses. The same way if you think about it, like uh, using my example of 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. wake up, if you don't have a reason to get up at 6 a.m., you leave yourself the space to have an excuse to wake up at 8. But if you set an intention and specific things around it, so saying that I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. Um, tomorrow and um, let me think of that. Hmm, let me start that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 6 a.m. tomorrow and in doing something, go and take my dog for a walk. So making sure that you have clear actions that you'll do following it Um, a good one for the, uh, of the example, the 6 a.m. one is, so another way to describe an implementation intention is to change existing behavior. Um, so in health psychology, it's often used for like, um, to increase, like to stop smoking is an example that they use it for. Um, but using the 6 a.m. is actually a good example of waking up. So for example, I don't like waking up at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's why it's my example. Um, so typically when you don't want to get out of bed, you hit snooze. So what you would say if your intention is, Tomorrow at 6 a.m. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to not hit snooze. And instead, I'm going to physically take off the bed sheet, bring my leg out of the bed, stand up, and go make myself coffee. So because you've not only written what like what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, you've written what you're going to do instead. So you've already told yourself the plan. So all you are going to do is follow through with it. But the moment you, leave, you don't wake up at 6 a.m., because you have nowhere to be, you haven't told yourself what you're going to do when you wake up, you don't bother doing it. But the moment you've added that kind of switching in action, it gives you kind of like a like a mission. Like I'm on a mission to wake up at six to go make my coffee. And so that really specific kind of um creation of your intention will increase your likelihood of achieving your goal. And then with time it becomes habit, which is obviously the ultimate goal with your um with all your intentions that it gets you closer to your when it comes to behavior change, um, get you to your, um, you know, new lifestyle or goal. Um, and if it's for something like um, a venture or a project, it gets you to meet your deadlines.
0: Awesome. Love it. So, so cool. And so, and everyone tries to do it, you know, like I, at the moment, literally are trying to get up at 6 a.m. every day, like between Monday to Friday to do, uh, I read a book called Miracle Morning, I'm trying to do my Miracle okay. Morning Um And within that hour time space, so instead of saying I want to get up at six to do my miracle morning, it's like I want to get up at six, do my meditation, then I do my stretching, then I do my diary. So and then by the time it gets to seven, it's time for breakfast. You know, then I do breakfast, and it's just like okay, well, if you just set yourself up for the just that next thing, there's no need to not do it. Like it's like the train Mm -hmm. coming, it's it's it's, it's coming, and you got to get on it. So it's it's the next thing to do. Um, So I love it. It's really cool, and it's really interesting to see like where where university studies can take you and what you can learn from it to apply to other things, you know, like, for example, you're not necessarily using your psychological um, training uh, or psychology mm-hmm. b- bachelor um, within your business, but you're using the skills that you've learned or the, the basic, you know, knowledge from those um, courses to help you out throughout life. And so it's, it's aw- awesome. Um, to be honest,
1: it. I um I didn't do that. I actually almost neglected my degree uh for most of last year because I was under this false kind of pretense. I guess you could call it imposter syndrome. Um, just I studied it. Yeah, I did really good at it. I have to admit, I got really good grades. Um, but at the same token, I didn't become a psychologist. So who am I to share it? but I realise that um, there is knowledge that I do know very well that I can share and um, that have been well researched that I know is um, is true uh, and that sharing it is actually going to benefit others and making sure that I say within my knowledge and within my training and education that I have received um, so that I'm offering the most um, relevant up to and honest information to anyone that's you know willing to hear it.
0: Love it. So good. Um you mentioned before having support. You know, you, like at your um, yeah. at your meet her events, and, and you said that uh, you were able to, you know, leverage through your network there to be able to support your meet her events. And then having obviously the amazing venue that you had at um, the official launch. If you haven't seen that, go to um, Athena's My Story Saved pages. So cool, where, where you can see the Sydney Harbour Bridge and stuff. How did you um, having support? Is something that I've seen a lot. Um, so how do you rally this? Uh, are you seeking people out or are they coming to you? Um, so did you You said you had those businesses before or they're just friends? Yeah. yeah,
1: I'd say a bit of both, a bit of both. So um, as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I, um, I've been doing a lot of volunteering since young. And so as a result, I developed quite a reputation of being the girl that was always volunteering and giving back. Um, and so... Uh, in high school, was a lot of volunteering people uh, that they were going to help me, and my close friends. Uh, and over time, a whole bunch of those friends um, have remained really close to me and really supportive of what I do uh, in general, as you support your friends. And so I already had quite a few uh, women around me. And actually, I had no, I can't just say women, women and men, because uh, I have a lot of my uh, guy friends actually the night before will help me set up for my event if I need a few extra hands. <laughs> Uh and a lot of them have just always been big supporters of me, uh huge encouragers. I go to them when I do have an idea um or when I'm getting nervous and their voice uh, help me get to the other side of it. And so I did have a few friends that I was um I knew I could call on, that I trusted, uh and that I knew that even though it was originally my idea that I could share it with them and that they I wanted them to be a part of the journey and the experience. And so uh in particular I'm gonna give a little shout out to Emma and Bridget. Um, they've been there since day one from my soft launch. Emma was actually um the mentee that I mentioned earlier, and Bridget's a good friend of mine from high school. He was actually on my first my gap year trip as well. There's a bit of overlap there <laughs> um, when I brought over my first group of ten, and so yeah, they've both uh, been at almost every single event. There's only been a couple where there's only been one of each event that I've run that they either couldn't come to, but that was because um they're both busy with other commitments. But otherwise, they've been volunteering their time and supporting me. Uh, and have been so fantastic in this journey. There's not been anything that they've said no to. If anything, they just say, what else can I do? Uh, so uh, in that regard, I have I guess I kind of asked for the support, but I knew it was all, always there from a few of my close friends. But at the same time, I've been quite surprised, um, really heartwarmingly so, about the other support that I've received in the last, particularly the last 12 months, from total strangers, from people that I had never met before that have either just rocked up to an event or that had just seen me on Instagram and just reached out and said, Hey, I love what you're doing. And I've created so many good connections, um, in the last 12 months. One, uh, most notably for me that sticks out, um, is Caitlin Tripodi who runs platter Up Co. Uh, in Sydney. Uh, I think I just actually, know. I do know this. I actually checked yesterday for my business networking as I had a little case study. I messaged her uh, because I saw an Insta story of her creating her own Platter Boards. And I was like, wow, what a boss. She makes her own platter boards for her platter business. So I wanted to say, hey, that's super cool. And then from there, we just talked. I told her about what we did. I actually wanted platters. And then she gave me um, my platters for my official launch for free. And, she, and then she's like, could I come? I was like, oh, I was going to invite you. And now we're actually looking at, I said I was actually focusing on two businesses. I lied. Um, I was starting a little small thing with Caitlin as well recently uh, soon, soon um, where we'd like to support startups and entrepreneurs as a service provider for entry level businesses. Um, and, yeah, her and I went from being total strangers. Um, I just really loved our platters. I love cheese. I love eating. Um, she's all about supporting women. She created her own group um, called Platter Babes um, that she actually tells other platter businesses how to improve their business, which seems people don't always get it because, like, why would you support your competitors? Yeah. Um, but she's all about it. And so we really had our values aligned and we went from being strangers that thought we were both doing cool stuff to now being really, really close friends. And, um, yeah, so some support has just come out of nowhere. Um, But it's been life-changing, the support that I have received.
0: That's awesome. Very, very um, good-looking platters as well. I had a look. Um, They look awesome. Yeah, and like and they they're
1: on. Like, I don't have OCD, but like they're really like they just make you feel calm because It looks so good. Yeah, something oh is, God, up. You don't. You it's don't really want to.
0: You, you don't even want to eat it. You're like, this looks too good. Like the the colors and stuff. They all like, oh, it yeah, look, yeah. looks amazing. Uh,
1: she does have a method to a madness she recently actually started running platter workshops, and she tells people her how she does it. She does have a full set out, uh, so it's really really cool um, to watch her create. It's kind of like watching a painter paint yeah uh, it's kind of the same thing well so,
0: it is it is yeah. like a thing now people want to have the coolest looking platter so it's very cool you know when they have their friends over and stuff yeah,
1: yeah. Even,
0: even more yeah. recently with the new scrunchie launch so can you tell me about that oh, I used to have oh, very, yeah I used to have so, really long hair and I'm a scrunchie uh, fan so tell us about it Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny
1: you mention it because she's uh, Katie who runs scrunchie co uh, is actually the other um, really close friend that I've developed uh, through Meat Hub. actually conveniently enough I have
0: one of my scrunchies on my room. Yeah,
1: I saw, uh, yeah. <laughs> always supporting. Yeah, always supporting um, Katie. So uh, we, she actually, in, in that case, she actually messaged me. She went to come to one of my events, which was really cool. Um, she knew one of my guest speakers because she created a Nadox scrunchie um, for um, Marley and Keely from Titters for Titters, another really cool Instagram page. Um, she saw me through that and she loved what I was doing and just reached out. And I don't know what happened from... Her wanted to come to my event to us becoming really, really close friends. I actually paired her with my mum as a mentor a few weeks ago and it was so cool to see um, because my mum does come from that retail um, apparel background in business um, and obviously Scrunchy Co. being um, a kind of fashion apparel accessories business. Um, it was really cool. So... Uh, Katie and I have yeah, been speaking a lot and then out of nowhere, she mentioned she had a mint scrunchie coming out, which is our, um, meet her kind of other color. I'm very basic. I like white and black, but I thought it's good to add a color. So mint was my choice. Um, and then I said, wow, I'd love my meet her girls to wear them at our events with our, a cute little meet her t-shirts. And then out of nowhere, I got a message saying, Hey, look at the Athena scrunchie. I was like, what? And it was this mint scrunchie i was like i thought it's just the mint scrunchie (laughs) and i was like do you mean me (laughs) and yeah so i remember she messaged me at like 10 o'clock um at night last night uh last week telling me um and then the next day she officially said the athena scrunchie coming out and uh she wrote a really uh nice little little bio of me on the website and so essentially all of her scrunchies that she creates she names after a um, a trailblazer in sport or in their respective field um, for whatever it is that they do. And so typically a lot of them had been sport, but recently she'd been connecting with lots of women outside the sporting and athletics um, world. And, yeah, so I was on to She named the mint one after me, which was really sweet. Mine's in the nails mail, honestly. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: it's a very nice colour as well. It's it's like aqua type of mint. It's a, it's a really good mix. It's Yeah,
1: oh, nice and bold. I love it. I'm very excited.
0: I've got a few, um, I guess, more interesting questions here to to kind of get your insights on. Like not saying not saying that those were interesting. I' all these questions are inter- <laughs> all these questions are interesting. Um, what's been the most challenging thing you've had to deal with? You know, in terms of your journey in terms in business, um, overall. Um, when you say that, something stuck out to me really
1: clearly, um, and it was. It's like a two-pronged thing. One, believing in myself and two, being able to filter through the feedback that I get from other people. So as I I said, I'm big on sharing my ideas and obviously as a result, I'm big on sharing my goals and dreams um, of what I want to and wish to achieve. And so in doing that, I'm very open, and so in doing that, you get a lot of feedback from friends and family and um, family friends. And you know, I'm not doing um, what is ordinary. Uh, if if you know, I chose not to go for a graduate position after uni, which everyone was very baffled by considering my grades. Um, you know, I chose to turn down the offer to do uh, honors here um, with electorate uni, and people were also quite confused. Uh, and then I chose to go into a business um, at the time where. Uh, for my gap year I actually for the first four years I worked unpaid and so people were quite confused as to what the hell Athena was doing and why she was making the choices and a lot of people thought I guess it was me dreaming really big but not thinking logically or rationally and saying a lot of it was around my emotions rather than being around my logic Um, and it was very fair and valid point and I think everyone and I and I know everyone that's ever given me any feedback um, on my decisions or on what I plan to make a decision on have always come from a place of love and support and they only want the best for me, and I entirely know that. But people are also limited by their own perspectives, their own experiences of things. Um, and so, yeah, I think I really struggled um, hearing people's opinions that were quite different to my own and that challenged my plans and what I believed that I could do. And then as a result of hearing that, I had to come up with this next level belief in myself when I did choose to make that decision. And it was never to prove them wrong. It never was. It was never that. But it was just to prove myself that I was right, that I could do what I wished to do. Uh, And the one thing that I've carried through all my decisions um, has been one of the best career advice I've ever received. Um, It was by... um, my careers advisor in high school who she actually gave me this advice four years after I finished high school, (laughs) Um, uh, Terry Martin. (laughs) And she said to me, I remember telling her that I got all this mixed messaging. It was in my final year of uni when I was trying to decide what do I do. And all she said was opportunities come in different shapes and sizes. And that's all she said. She just left it there. And I remember thinking that was such a good point. And I use that to make. I've now used that to make all of my career decisions. Um, And realizing that, yeah, it's uh, you know some people are used to a certain look of what work and career looks like, and I just am used to a different one.
0: And that was going to be my next follow up point. Was going to be your biggest lesson, but I guess that would answer that question there as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, believing in yeah, I think believing in myself because I'm very. I've always been very confident. I always just kind of do stuff because I'm like, yes, I'll do it. But I think believing in, you know, not just believing in yourself, believing in yourself in moments of doubt because yeah. um, I know like the, the biggest cliche that lots of people say, um, but I, I have to admit, I love it, is, you know, um, she believed she could, so she did. I remember my friend actually got it framed for me when I was, I think when I turned 16 or 18 because um, that was literally how I would lived my life. I believed I could, so I did it. Um, but I think having that same amount of belief that you have when you're feeling high and on adrenaline and loving life and things are going your way having that same amount of belief in yourself when you're doubting yourself and when you're not sure if you can do it I think it's really important um and it's hard it's way easier said than done but I think that's yeah it's really important to have that voice in your mind all the time
0: very cool it's very interesting to see to hear people different people's advice and what they give and where you know people in different positions, higher or lower than you. And you, get, you can really learn from others. It's a really cool thing that you'd be able to implement with your network and the community that you build to be able to learn from others. It's what you're, what you're here to do. Hundred percent,
1: that's that's my biggest thing. I always I always say um, that's probably you know my other lesson that I've learned um, is you can learn from every person in your life, whether they're older than you, younger than you, no matter their experiences. Um, as being, you know, being a tool leader in Cambodia, I get lots of people now that are younger than me and still they teach me things all the time. Whether it's about being present, whether it's about being um, innocent to her life or being constantly energetic or reminding me of what I was like when I was 17 and I thought I was invincible. Um, you can learn something from everyone all the time. And yeah, that's entirely what I try to encourage with um, Meet Her. And I think it's really great that a lot of our mentors that come on board, although they know that they're going to be. The giver and the sharer of knowledge. Um, a huge thing I always hear from them is how much they have learned from listening to the young women, how inspired they feel by listening to them and their ambitions. Um, which is yeah, it's a really cool part of that um, learning and sharing process.
0: On the on the part of learning,
1: plow- being the plower.
0: That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give back, and you'll get back. With yeah. with um, learning on the point of learning. Where have you learned your business? Have you learned it all from your mum, or have you learned it from just your general? ability to network that you've learned or you've gone out and sought knowledge yourself
1: yeah um mixture mixture yeah. no, definitely not one um so one and uh, has been partly my mom she's done really well to not um teach me or give me anything that i haven't asked mm. um because that places her in more of a teaching position um and she's very she's very good at it uh now when i was younger she never wanted to tutor me that's why she got me to go Treat when I was um, and so I do actually, I am planning on sitting down with her and doing some sessions on learning because she comes from a finance accounting background. So I want to learn a bit more about how the whole money thing is supposed to work yeah. um, as I try to grow my businesses. So yeah, one has been through my mum and her general business guidance, um, looking at basic things like profit and loss, other things are viable. Um, the other way has been through Ryle, who I work very closely with with my gap year, uh, he's taught me a lot about business because he did originally do a business and marketing degree and he's been very um, uh, very open in me taking reins for my gap year and learning um, a lot through experience, just super hands-on, face planning, getting back up and learning it that way. And uh, on that, a lot has been just through experience. Um, I think a lot for me is through common sense coming from a business woman as a mother. I think I learned a lot of it just inherently, just how she conducted even our household. Um, so a lot of it's been through experience and when I don't know, um, as uh, yeah, I either uh, seek out information through um, online resources, but normally if I don't know, I just flat out ask people that I know that know. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll either speak to other startups or entrepreneurs that I know, like Caitlin or Katie, um, how they've overcome certain obstacles, um, or recently I've been reaching out to women that are more experienced than myself, so kind of, I guess, seeking out multiple mentors for myself. Um, I recently met up with a, lot, a few weeks ago, I had a week where I met up with like four different um, quite well-established women in their fields and they were all just dishing out all this knowledge and information for things I want to roll out. And so yeah, just really pulling on their experiences and what they can teach me and they've been really giving on that information as well.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I very much admire people who have the ability to go out and, and connect with others. So that's really cool. I'm really glad to see that you're, yeah. you're going in the right place to do that and especially, you know. I like really what you really said at the start. Uh both my parents are pretty business oriented and I could learn a lot, but never have your parent as a mentor. It's very it's da- it's dangerous for your relationship. Um
1: I was yeah, I was told that by someone else before and I was like that's very that's very true. You have gotta keep them separate.
0: Um I'm sure you have more ideas up your sleeve, obviously. You've got you got two more coming in the bank for the rest of the week. You got Thursday and Friday still. But what yeah. what can we yeah. see <laughs> next? what can we see next coming from you, Athena?
1: What to see next, so I'll I'll, I'll give you some uh, coming soon sneak peeks.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So for, um, obviously, given what's going on currently at the moment with COVID-19, my gap is a bit on the hold, Um, so we're just pausing and waiting out the storm for that one, Um, so nothing too interesting. Um, But we do have more school trips lined up, which is really cool. Uh, For Meet Her, um, I've obviously had to pivot, originally being the base of Meet Her, being face-to-face, personal connection-making at events. Can't run events at the moment. Um, But I'm actually kind of grateful for this in a weird way because it's caused me to pivot and do things that I've always had in the back of my mind and turn them into action. So I've got a few uh, products in the pipeline. Um, Just come out with just our basic uh, meet-her-tea recently, Um, but I've also got a really cool, cool, um, uh, it's called the Idea Starter Pack, but I'll let you wonder what could be included in that, uh, which I've got in the creation pipeline. Uh, And also, as I mentioned, I've got that online business um, networking workshop that I'm working on. So those are the things that I'm putting my energy into at the moment Um, and working to develop with Meet Her and just being really open-minded in um, what other ideas might arise in my mind until then.
0: It's it's a really difficult thing, I think, when you have all these ideas generating to put things on hold or pause. Like the whole urgent and important thing would come so much in your world to be like, okay, actually, Athena you've set yourself a task, just do this one and let the other 15 pause. Right. Like, Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I've, I've had to really, um, uh, you know, everyone likes to say that multitasking is a skill. It's not you can't actually multitask. It's proven that you physically can't, your brain can only switch Trying on to do the one task at one time. So I've been trying to at least block out um, a couple of days or a week where I focus on getting one of them done and launched or going before I work on the other one. Otherwise, none of them get anywhere
0: yeah i I'm trying to focus on that as well it's, it's it's not um not an easy task yeah it's very hard um before we just we just before we finish up we'll go, I'll let you get to dinner i'll get get some food going as well um the the way i like to finish podcasts is of is um and the an the ideal day for a person so for example, I always use this example at the end of each episode. My friend Aaron, who came on the first episode, he was snowboarding in Japan <laughs> uh, in the morning and then surfing in the afternoon. Um, so what, what would your <laughs> ideal what day look like, Athena? Wow, I never thought of it.
1: My ideal day. Okay, this is good. This is just coming from the heart. Um, I have to admit, I'd probably have a little bit of a sleep, but not too late, like 8 o'clock. Uh, don't want to waste the whole morning. Um, I would wake up i would go with my partner and my puppy for a walk somewhere really beautiful whether it's like a lake or a beach um have a really nice breakfast come back uh i do like work i'm a workaholic so i'd love to be able to get some work in there feeling productive achieve a a work goal for the day um but then kick off in the afternoon for like you know as i said i love to eat i particularly like platters i'd love to have a little cheese cheese and meats platter uh, and a glass of wine and drinks with just friends and family that I'm really close to and yeah, stay awake until the night having some really awesome, heartfelt conversations.
0: Yeah. It's a really
1: that'd
0: be my, that'd be my idea. that's awesome. It's a it's a really good thing to reflect on, I think. Um, in terms especially of well of everything that's going on, to find out what is really important to you, you know. Obviously, you know, your partner, your dog, friends and family, a nice glass of wine, um, working, you know, it's really in, important to make sure that you can um, identify those things. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um,
1: yeah, no, my pleasure.
0: What's, uh, so the last bit, where can listeners find you, Athena? Thanks so much for coming on tonight. So you've got a few places that people can look you up.
1: Yes. Yeah, there's multiple places you can access me. Uh, so um, depending on what you're after, my personal account is easy. It's Athena uh, underscore status. Uh, so that's for just everything Athena. Uh, otherwise, if you are really interested in My Gap Year, it is just at My Gap year underscore travel. Uh, and then the Meet Her, it is at meetherau. And those are kind of the three main ones that I would recommend you connecting uh, me with. If you message any of those accounts, it will be lovely Athena and me messaging you back. So feel free to message if you have any questions or if you want a little chat. Um, clearly I like to talk, that's how Nathan and I um, got talking on the train that day, <laughs> so if anyone wants to chat, I'm more than happy to do so, this is my, my time allocation, I always allocate talking time every day, uh, and yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone that's um, willing to have a little chit chat.
0: Awesome, thanks so much for sharing that, that's really cool to have a time to chat, I, that's really good, That's um. I'm I'm starting to learn to structure time, you know, I have two hours to do this block of work, however much I get done, I get done. Because there's so many distractions yeah. these days um 100%. so it was good it's good to learn that i can put some time I'm across sure. to, to chat yeah no <laughs> definitely yeah work time talk time walk the dog time that's good um yeah. thanks so much for coming on with me it's been really fun
1: no my pleasure thank you i love this is my first ever podcast
0: so thank you no no uh, worries it was really exciting i loved it it's good fun <laughs> Now, if you're not inspired to become an entrepreneur or a business owner after that episode, I don't know if you've listened to the same thing that I just did. I came out of that conversation just wanting to go all the way into the evening writing and reading and learning how to do things, and that's what I've done this weekend. So just before I've released this episode, I've been on my computer uh, all Sunday, and it's been great. Um, so also had a got outside and had a nice little quick swim as well So not all about being indoors all the time But definitely getting outside and doing some of those activities that we can, are still able to do as well I've got a few more episodes coming up uh, this week I have a friend I used to go to school with I'm going to be recording with And then also uh, a new HDR Brews episode will be coming out on the Friday as well So uh, I'll be looking forward to those ones And I do really appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you are staying home when you can and also making sure you're exercising as well to keep a healthy mental headspace. Until then, I'll catch you next week on the Cooking Goals podcast. To finish off, as always, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it as this is a passion of mine. Don't forget to leave a review. It helps other people find the show. And please share this episode on your social media or tell a friend to continue spreading the message of Cooking Goals. You can sign up to our weekly email by clicking the link in the description of this episode and follow our Instagram at The Cooks Community. But until next time, remember to breathe.